It's two minutes to midnight on the doomsday clock. 200,000 acres of oxygen-producing rainforest are burned down every day. The Great Barrier Reef is pretty fucked. Look, this episode, things get a little heavy. Pop culture takes a back seat while we talk with John Voice about heat waves, breathing smoke, natural disasters ramping up, preparing for the unpredictable, ecosystems collapsing, what it's like to watch 4chan turn your friend into a white nationalist, and whether our best long-term survival plan is to become mole people. Instead of starting the show with a bummer, then pivoting immediately into Pokemon conspiracy theory, let's purge this pop culture urge right away. Ready? Is Sorry to Bother You actually a prequel to BoJack Horseman? This new season of The Venture Brothers is starting strong. Zossie Beats is getting cast in everything these days. Can we find some hacky headcanon way to shoehorn everything into Atlanta continuity? When introducing someone to Community, can we just skip season 4? Except the pretty decent episode Jim Rash wrote. Is Japanese reality television objectively better than American reality television? Seems that way. The new Ninja Turtles cartoon looks, well, no worse than the one I grew up watching or the two or three since then. Summer 2019 gives me plenty of time to forget everything that happened in the last seven seasons of Game of Thrones. I don't know how excited I should be about Brendan Fraser playing Robot Man in DC's upcoming Doom Patrol show, but how excited I am is… a little. Is there a way to enter suspended animation between Steven bombs? Uh, that feels better. Now that we've got that out of our systems, let's get into it. I'm Jeremy. It's now or never. So it's cool if we just like kind of shoot the shit. Yeah, no worries. I finally just finished work, so I'm just relaxing. I got my uh, bougie LaCroix. Oh, dude, no, we are all about those LaCroix. It's stopped me from drinking like a thousand Coca-Colas. I know, right? (laughs) Like, your brain is like... This is basically a soda. And you're like, yeah, but there's no sugar in it. Like, you're really easy to fool. Can I just eat, like, cotton and you'll think I'm eating marshmallows? How dumb are you, brain? I like kind of flirting with, well, we're all going to die, so let's talk about Pokemon. uh, Or something (laughs) like that. But you might be the first time we actually talk about end of the world shit. Yeah, I've seen Mad Max a thousand times. I'm ready. Yeah, I feel like you're the guy (laughs) to, to talk about. In the books that I've read, people seem to think cigarettes will be like the ultimate currency. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, everyone who quit, who just bounces back when things get stressed out, the world collapses. Like, everyone who's ever smoked a cigarette once will want a cigarette. I want one just thinking about the world collapsing. <laughs> right. So the neighbor lady who recently retired, she's like 62, her husband wanted her to quit smoking, and she didn't want to quit smoking. Like, she bummed a cigarette for me once or twice, and I was like, okay, this is getting kind of annoying. And then one day, like, when Nick's in the basement, we're all gone. He's like, someone's snooping around in the backyard. And, like, he's super creeped out, and he takes so long to go out there that they're already oh gone. God. And then, like, I was telling neighbors about it, and she's like, oh, that was me! I was raiding your cigarette butts! I'm like, you snuck onto our property and raided the ashtray inside of the barbecue. So don't retire early. You'll go crazy. I, I don't have the option of retiring at all, I'm pretty sure. I'm I'm just going to work until I die. I just feel like maybe instead of retiring, you just go to something more pleasant. Like, for me, I want to be like a grocery clerk in my hometown and just see everybody I know come through, like, at least once a week and be like, hey, how you doing? Judge them audibly for what they're buying. <laughs> Get away with it because you're old. Boy, you sure drink a lot of soda. <laughs> Yeah, so, um, your air is unbreathable. So, 
I did some research because some people at my work who are a bunch of hackers were trying to hack it. And it's like, I'm going to join in on this. Like, how can we solve this? And like, one of the things we did was we duct taped, uh, like nicer furnace filters to box fans and just put them in the middle of the room. And it worked pretty good. After like four hours, the room would be pretty nice and clean and you could sleep at night without like feeling it in your throat. And so like the first time it hit was last week and no one really, I never saw a single person with a mask except for me and I felt a little silly. And then it hit pretty hard this week. And every day it just kept getting worse until it was like unhealthy for all people involved. And it was like three to four times worse than Beijing. I looked it up at the time. By like the third day, after I'd heard people coughing on the ferry and stuff, I saw a whole pile of masks. Like people just saw a few people with masks and they all went to like Lowe's or Home Depot or whatever. And then Lowe's sold out of all the furnace filters. Like that caught on too. I guess it just got on like social media or something. But last night, even with the filters and stuff, we just couldn't escape it. Like, our house kept getting warmer. We didn't really feel like we could run the AC because we didn't have, like, a closed system. We had one of those, like, window ones, and it still leaked in smoke. And our house just, like, each day got a little bit warmer. And so, like, you come in, you know, with your mask on, you're, like, outside's, like, a comfortable 65 or something. You go in your house, and it's 85 degrees. You're just like, I can't sleep in this, <laughs> and I can't sleep with a mask on. And so you just kind of, like, we gave in, and we opened the windows for a few hours. I just realized, like, if that had kept going for, like, another week or two, like, people would get pretty sick. People were already getting sick. And uh, they call the particles that were near PM 2.5, which just means it's, like, 2.5 microns and below. But most of the smoke was actually below one micron, which means when you breathe it, it actually goes directly into your bloodstream. So, like, both Crystal and I had a headache every day for a week straight because it actually, like, gets into your bloodstream and just kind of messes with stuff they talk about it messing with people who have like uh cardiovascular issues and heart disease and like i think a lot of people just think oh this is a one-off but i feel like this might just be the start of a trend you know but maybe that's because our whole childhood people were always screaming global warming is coming global warming is coming and this the last few years it felt like the first times where i'm actually starting to see it yeah to say that's like a, a chicken little situation it's like well no we've known it's been coming since like what the 70s we're like oh we still have like 20 years before you know we can stop it um and at some point people tuned it out and then money started getting involved with uh trying to dissuade people from supporting any any kind of regulations that would curb that and then this whole like climate change denial thing started and now I, I feel like we're kind of seeing the end of that. Like now we're getting more and more heat waves and record record highs and forest fires and erratic weather phenomena that keep happening where it was like, well, that that's crazy, but that's just like a one-off thing. And then it happens again. Yeah, I think one of the things that'll happen is FEMA's just going to pick an area and be like, I'm sorry. You should just <laughs> yeah. shouldn't live there anymore. We bailed you out like five times and clearly it's just going to happen again next year. Well, Trump already was like, mm, Puerto Rico, barely American. Sorry, guys. We spent all our money on Texas. Yeah, I don't have a, a resort there. Sorry, Puerto Rico. Or whatever it is, golf course. <laughs> oh, uh, so something that I read, which I guess was an article, which was a summary of some kind of uh, scientific paper was one of the new things that they're seeing that they didn't expect was that global warming is happening at like three to four times the rate close to the poles. 
And what that does is it creates what it decreases the temperature differential. And temperature differentials are what responsible for wind. <laughs> and wind is like a really important part of our climate, including like the streams, like the different like Gulf streams and jet streams or whatever they're called. Um, and so they actually attribute Hurricane Harvey last year was kind of a fluke, they think related to that decreased temperature differential where that hurricane sat there offshore for an extended period of time. And that's how it accumulated that record breaking amount of water was it was just sitting there accumulating water longer than it should have because there wasn't something to kind of give it that extra push out of there in a reasonable amount of time. And then you saw what happened to Houston. Just Yeah, I mean, the Earth is this vast, super complicated system where all of these kind of complex forces keep each other in various shifting degrees of balance. And yeah, I mean, we, we have these increasingly... We have these models, I guess, that keep getting better and better, but there's still stuff that we just can't count on. You know what I mean? And there's so much uncertainty with it. Yeah, they didn't know if it would, like, if we just have this situation where initially there would be, like, a lot of stale air and stuff, or if it would just be one of those things where we get, like, an ebb. You know, when a tide switches directions, there's a moment where it stops. Well, like, how long would it stop before it just kind of switched directions? And that switch in directions might just mean brand new air currents and completely different, like, climates and areas that were never set for it. And, you know, plants don't really migrate. So you see things like forest fires and stuff. They'll, a completely different climate for plants that aren't adapted to it, like... Yeah, exactly. There, there, there are ecosystems that have depended on a certain... Uh, that have uh, evolved dependent on a certain way of doing things and okay so let's say some ocean currents shift or whatever and if even if it finds a new equilibrium that isn't you know totally terrible or totally catastrophic that's still gonna affect everything around it until it reaches a new equilibrium which means you know crop failures like probably pretty massive crop failures in a wide area um yeah, and ultimately that that seems to be the most concerning thing. I thought it was going to be peak oil. I really did. I thought peak oil was going to be the thing that fucks us over, but I think it, it seems like it's probably going to be like ecosystem collapses and then the ensuing famine and pestilence from that. Yeah, it seems like our earth can't handle us burning all of the oil. <laughs> right. Just too bad. <laughs> yeah. This whole oil thing is fairly new to human beings. Like we've been around for a while. I mean, not nearly as long as like some dinosaurs or sharks or crocodiles or bugs and especially bacteria. But I mean, we've, we've had we've had a bit of a run and we existed more or less the same for a long time. But then on that scale, it's only like recently that we're like, oh, shit, oil. And then it's just like we just drop the match into the oil supply and it just burns and sets everything on fire. I mean, it's just happening so fast. Yeah, so there's this really cool, I mean, it's awful, but I learned about it recently and I thought it was a cool concept. <laughs> it's called the wet bulb temperature, which is actually a combination of temperature and humidity. And it's the point at which the human body ceases to be able to sweat, essentially, and cool itself. And uh, they mapped out like parts of the planet where wet bulb temperatures occurred. And it was usually like maybe a week out of the year in some really spotty places um, and it's starting to happen in cities, um, for extended periods of time. And they're usually like 
where there's a lot of working poor who can't afford to take a day off. But if they go outside, they're literally like killing themselves. And then you like to compound at these cities, everybody has an AC unit and it all dumps it out into the street and just makes it worse. So like if you're poor and you can't live inside, you're like people are just going to start dying. People already have started dying. And then like California actually had wet bulb temperature or whatever recently and also the fires. I'm sorry, not wet bulb temperature. So there's another one, aside from wet bulb temperature, um, 50 degrees Celsius, which is like 122 degrees Fahrenheit, is the temperature at which human beings actually begin to cook. So you can't be outside for more than a few minutes before it actually causes, like, starts to cause real damage to you. And, like, spots in California hit that this year. Just kind of little spotty places all over the planet kind of appeared that were hitting this temperature where people lived. And if we're just starting to see an increase, that's really really alarming right in a way it's probably good that it's hitting california sooner rather than later because you know when like uh coastal peoples have to vacate their homes because of flooding and become refugees and shit like that for the most part uh people here aren't gonna give much of a shit that's gonna be like situation as status quo you know it's the same peoples that have been exploited traditionally by globalist uh economic policies but if you hit the celebrities like if one kardashian <laughs> dies the tabloids in the grocery store <laughs> sorry yeah exactly like <laughs> if you lose a bieber you know people are gonna lose their minds and you know, we have to take action now we have to save all the pop stars you know which is it's kind of too late now but i mean maybe we can be slightly less on fire and there's like i was reading about a boat that was sitting off italy with like 150 refugees and a ton of them were underage minors and there were a few like pregnant women and women with babies and like italy's like we're not gonna take them and they're like the eu should take them and they're like whoa 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 and so they're just like floating out there like waiting for some like can someone let us in and you know they send out some supplies and stuff to them but i didn't hear a conclusion to that and what happens when entire countries or entire sections of countries are having to be, like, vacated? Like, maybe we can survive longer and figure out the food situation as a country, but what happens when there's a whole pile more people outside our doors? Will wars start because people just want in? Yeah, well, I mean, anytime, anytime there's scarcity, the, the fault lines of society are going to be tested. Um, and in the situation where you're talking about not only sudden land scarcity, but sudden probably food scarcity. Yeah, I mean, probably my number one concern would be if a situation escalates to like a big bad war, like a war between superpowers before industrial civilization collapses. You know what I mean? Well, there's a there's a saying. It says, "I don't know what World War Three will be like, but I know that World War Four will be fought with like clubs." Yeah, it sticks in. Yeah, I think I saw that attributed to Einstein. I don't know if that's accurate. Yeah, we don't want one of those. <laughs> yeah, for real, right? Then the pie in the sky idealist in me is like, well, to get to Star Trek, they did have to go through some kind of nuclear holocaust before they like invented warp drive and made peace with the Vulcans. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> like, I've kind of come to peace with collapse of industrial civilization in a way. There's a lot of ways that that would give... I mean, I'm probably going to die when that happens. I don't have a lot of survival skills, and it's going to be a tragedy, you know? Like, there's probably going to be massive die-offs. But after all of that shitty stuff, 
will probably like humans any humans that exist will probably exist in a more i don't know traditionally human way of being for a while hopefully not barter town tina turner made a good mayor though <laughs> <laughs> yeah but it, if it starts getting nuclear it it would get a lot uglier yeah the just again this last week like i got a taste of how uncomfortable the world can be and there wasn't really any way for me to escape like hit this air quality index of like 177 i think once it hits like 200 it's considered very unhealthy like but like above 150 is unhealthy for all individuals and it was just sticking around for days and so what if it's twice as bad next year i don't know what i'm gonna do I don't know what anybody can do. And I know that I this is like first world problems right here. Because <laughs> I had to deal with smoke for a week and a half. But but it's one of those things where like, okay, so this is starting to happen. I want to be prepared for it. But it feels like there's going to be things we really can't prepare for aside from like digging a hole in the ground. That That's the, that's the trouble I have with like a prepper uh, mentality is I really don't know what to prepare for. Because there's still so many different ways it could go. Like, how how long is this uh, economic system going to last the way? Like, how, how, how long is money going to be good for? Um, where would you go? I mean, everyone can flock to New Zealand, but then, you know, eventually you got a bunch of people on New Zealand. That could be, like, the worst place to be. So it's like, do you have a bug out bag, and then your bug in supplies, and then your bug sideways stuff, and then you start bugging down, and that's when you start tunneling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, tunneling seems like the end result, so I think we should just start there. <laughs> yeah, man. Let's all be more. I think mole property people. rights exist in a three dimensional space. I think we're allowed to go as deep as we want. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> the air is no longer breathable. We will become of the mole. Oh man, Zion raves are gonna be sweet. <laughs> uh eventually when we survive though, assuming I'm included in the tunneling peoples. Um, we'll be like the Morlocks, and then we'll breed a race of like super sexy uh, Aryan. Right? I feel like in the movie they were all blonde. So that kind of just struck me. Are you talking about Time Machine? Yeah, Time Machine, and then we we start breeding the original sexy people one to or eat. the newer one. I've seen probably both of the ones you're talking about, but in the original one, I think it was closer to the book, and that they were just like sexy innocent people that didn't know that they were being bred like cattle. Gotcha. Whereas I think in the newer one, they knew like to be afraid of what was underground. I, I think it's more chilling when they're just like heeding the cattle call, totally unknowing. Um, but I guess that's less cinematic than like fighting. Also, I didn't really get if you're breeding people for food, why are you breeding them sexy? Why aren't you breeding them to have more like muscle mass and and fat and stuff? It does kind of allude that they might have been using them for something else. I don't know. Or maybe that's just kind of like, sounds awful, but kind of like pets, you know? We're like, oh, these ones are cute. And you're like, well, why wouldn't they breed like multiple stocks then? Like, why don't you have like designer humans where some of us, this one has a long neck or like, you know, these ones have a poofy behind, you know, <laughs> there's know. a lot of variations. <laughs> and then you could have the edible ones and, you know, in the new time machine, the problem was that they were drilling the moon and they they messed that up and broke the moon and then moon chunks is what drove people underground. But in the book, it was just a natural extension of 
like a class system. It was like a more hmm. like Marxist kind of. So back to, I guess, hiding from the heat. Yeah, back to the real end of the world. <laughs> well, like if people, what if you pivot too early? Like you're like, oh, it looks like this spot's going to be nice. And then it's not done. There's one thing that kind of alarms me is this, there's actually sheets of methane ice on the bottom of the ocean in the Arctic. They're like a couple degrees like Fahrenheit or something from off-gassing and methane is a much it's a much more effective greenhouse gas like significantly more so than CO2 and then we're just having the permafrost not be permanently frost anymore for the first time in like a couple thousand years so you've got like thousands of years of accumulated biomass that's now just starting to rot and is also letting off methane and so like as we thought it seems like we could hit this like catalyzing effect Hopefully we won't shoot to, like, the Venus effect, because um, I guess Venus used to be very similar to us. That's chilling. We're, like, we're, we're going to hit a point where there's going to be a feedback loop, and yeah. it's not uh, open-ended, because eventually all the methane is going to get released. It's not just going to keep going exponentially. Eventually you're going to run out of methane. But I'm like, okay, well, what's that point going to look like? You know what I mean? I don't know. I'm not smart enough to know. I keep kind of going back and forth about, like, whether there's any point to reading about this kind of thing. Like, is it better to know what's going on, or is it better to just be surprised, you know? Because if you, what you can do about it is so limited, I feel like. Uh, so should you bother even, you know, spending the time to stress about it? I feel like, personally, like, after just going through this smoke thing, like, I definitely want to be more prepared for smoke. Like, I definitely want to make sure that I have good, like, like breathing masks. Maybe even those, like, smoker ones or gas masks or something. But, like, I was trying to come up with clever ways to keep my house, like, at least a somewhat reasonable temperature. But, you know, it was, like, 90 out. If it ever hit, like, 100 or 110, I think we'd just cook. I really like what the Earthships do. Um, where they use what they call a climate battery, where they basically just run hoses through the ground. I, I want to try and find a chart on this, but like even in the desert, if you dig so many feet down, it gets cool. It doesn't, you don't have to go very deep for the earth to get, you know, like a comfortable 50 something or 60 something, depending on where you are, I guess, or how deep you go. See, I'm hearing more weight for the let's become mole people plan. Yeah. And so I was thinking about just digging some trenches in my yard <laughs> and like... <laughs> Um, having some air intakes and adding some filters. If it ever got really bad, that's my long-term plan. And then you wouldn't have to run as much energy for like a pump for AC. You could just have like a little solar powered fan that just kind of sucks in freshly filtered air that goes through the ground and cools itself. I keep reading about those earthships and they're pretty cool because they're completely self-sustainable. Like they collect their own rainwater, like enough to last all year, like in the back, because they're built into a man-made hillside or an existing hillside. You know, they're like, they use all these recycled materials, but they have like thousands of gallons of water storage. They have their own solar panels. They maintain their own heat without electricity. Like they stay in the 60s all year long, whether it's cold outside or hot outside. And they like, there's areas like, because it's like a double greenhouse where there's like an outer wall and then an inner wall and you live within this inner area. Well, that intermediate area, they, like, tend to grow things. 
and that like filter they use those plants to like filter their water and you know provide fresh air and it's a pretty cool concept i hope that catches on and that we have some more designs coming out from that they might have to have more with like air filtration and <laughs> you know what happens when you start getting like dirty water falling from the sky <laughs> then you need like water filtration and Want to build an earth ship? <laughs> <laughs> I do. I totally do. I know. Um, so do I. I, I saw a bunch of wife. those videos. <laughs> like they're pretty rad. I I've read the 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 problem with earth earth ships and that type of thing is since they're so uh, unconventional, you can run run into some like regulations um, preventing you from doing some of that stuff. Yeah, it's funny how like how much. S- like city codes and stuff impede progress. <laughs> like they didn't want them like, like I think the biggest one is the waste treatment. That's the one that cities have a huge problem with. Like actually running into plants. Like, Oh, you're growing plants in your own poop. I'm like, well, I'm not growing plants that I'm eating in my own poop. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, so then it's like, okay, so you got to find areas that these like zoning codes and junk aren't going to interfere with at that point i'm like hmm what's just kind of a lawless area that we can just get a bunch of people together and kind of swoop in on well so there's a really cool like it's their main center like the airship facilities and it's like a multi-story one where it has this giant glass wall and like a railing inside and it's just like it's this huge indoor facility that's also an earthship so like an earthship doesn't have to necessarily look like all those like hand-formed hippie hubbles or whatever you call them. Like, I say it like that because my wife complains. Crystal complains. She's like, oh, like, when I was like, I want to build an earthship. She's like, but I saw some and they looked so ugly. I was like, we can look however we want. There's probably all kinds of configurations and looks you could do with them. And so that's why, that's my only disappointing, disappointed thing I've seen so far with earthships is they've, they've all been like kind of canned copycats. Yeah, because they're, I mean, they're complex, you know, it, like, I wouldn't redesign an Earthship. Do you want to talk about your, your role-playing game group situation? Yeah, I think I can, I can touch on it without, like, but I'll, I'll preface it with saying, like, um, if you're really into role-playing, and especially if you like, it's called OSR, the old school renaissance, so, like, you're into the old stuff, like, you like finding, like, AD&D and original D&D, you know, something from, like, the late 70s. Like, you want to play that. Like, it's still a little broken, and so there are people who, like, help you kind of fix it lightly. And there's, like, big communities around this. But unfortunately, like, some of the best places for this is actually still on 4chan. And uh, 4chan is still a vile place. (laughs) I guess what happened in my group is they kind of got sucked into Pole, which is the political thread there, and that is a scary, scary place. And uh, slowly they just started having more and more white nationalist opinions. And I saw in the group like this kind of jealousy. You know, there are some, you know, like you go to, you, you go to something like New Zealand and they protect the ability to buy land there as someone who was born in New Zealand. Like you have, like in Ireland, you have this expectation that you'll inherit land from your family Um, whereas like where I live, like you see like Amazon comes in, tons of people move in, they start gentrifying, like they start spreading out. Now they're hitting my hometown. Like 
I I know like some of the people from the group can't even afford to buy homes in their own hometown now. And so they just started blaming people. I hope it doesn't sound like I'm defending them. I just like, I'm trying to understand them, but I just think some people end up wanting to blame someone for their hardships. I basically got to the point where it just kept growing kind of slowly and you don't notice it. You know, it's like, being in that D&D group that met every week, like it just slowly started getting worse, you know. First there's just like a comment here and a comment there. And then like, you know, weird pictures start showing up in like the game threads in your email. And then like got to the point where like, oh shit, this guy's posting on Twitter. And I don't want to have anything to do with him. Like this is messed up. Like they just kind of crossed this line. And then I look back and I was like, it's just gone too far. And, like, it's just time to get out. Like, I wanted to try and be a good influence. These are people that I care about. But at some point, you know, like, when a swastika goes by in your fucking email thread, you just say you're fucking out. This isn't what I stand for. Yeah. Like, it sucks. It's almost like they've been infected by bad memes or harmful, you know, software. Like a computer virus. So I went to Hope, which is a Hackers of Planet Earth. It's like, you know, they have that 2600 magazine that's been around since, like, the 90s which just started out as like, oh, here's how to like take this piece of hardware and make it do this cool thing. And then, you know, people who would do like the, pr the crank calls and stuff like that. And then it kind of turned into like a hacktivist convention. And I didn't realize that going in, but I got there, like it was seriously a hacktivist convention. Like one dude showed up with a mega hat and people lost their fucking shit. Um, like multiple talks talked about, and like they, they have proof that like, like it's, you know, the same, like, election meddling that either comes from Russia or other sources, like also like, you know, goes on to places like 4chan anonymously and tries to like feed things like anti-Semitism to sow discord like within our country. The thing that really disturbed me about my group was like where they were like, oh, people are allowed to have this opinion, but I'm not allowed to have my opinions that differ. I was like, well, you're not just like having an opinion, like, like you're trying to make a war out of it. Like you're hate mongering, like you're telling me that someone is worth less than another person or you're saying that you just don't want them here anymore um and i don't think that's okay like i like like the, the fact that they would feel like a victim um and like you know like one of the things one of them said to me is like well people talk about white privilege but you know like a huge chunk of the like a huge chunk of that white privilege is jew privilege and, you know, you look what Israel is allowed to do and you look at who controls most of the money and a huge chunk of those people who have most of the money are also Jewish, but no one ever says that. And I was just like, well, I don't know how to respond to that. It went into like conspiracy theory and it just kept growing. And the thing about it is like none of it was positive. None of them, none of them made them feel better. I don't even know that it really made them feel superior anyway. I think it just kind of ate them inside it ate them alive inside and made them feel like afraid there was so much fear there like that someone's trying to like exterminate them like subversively like that they're trying to destroy white culture whatever the hell that is <laughs> yeah i mean if someone out there is trying to destroy white culture right now please please do but it pretty much is like all about consumerism right now which isn't yeah <laughs> tremendously flattering like is there anything more white culture than the iphone i don't know <laughs> <laughs> probably not like we, we we exploit this population to mine it and pretend like we don't know what's going on we exploit this population to put it together and to pretend like we don't know what's going on and then you know we sell it to people with money 
And it is like in in a lot of ways our our whole cultural conversation around race and representation and privilege is getting more and more nuanced and therefore more and more complicated. Um, so it's cool watching it kind of unfold and unfortunately probably predictable that it gets harder and harder for people on the margins of the discussion to understand some of the intricacies of what's going on there. And, and so it probably shouldn't be surprising to see this like backlash of like trying to preserve some kind of status quo of familiarity, uh, however unfortunate. Yeah, definitely. Like I had a heart to heart with one of the members, like trying to, trying to explain like why I didn't want to have anything to do with it. And, uh, you know, they're like, well, this thing is happening. Like, how can you deny this thing or this thing? I was like, like, first off, I don't think this is like a correct way to handle any of this. And then the things that they're comfortable joking around with and like the memes that come through and, you know, going around calling people cucks on social media is just like, well, like, like that whole concept is just, I think, really degrading actually to women because it's like, okay, so this person took a possession from you that it happens to be a woman? Like, I don't think that's how this works. Yeah, (laughs) there's a a lot that's wrong with that, kind of, uh, not to mention the toxic masculinity. Then they take it, like, to the political, like, and where they're like, oh, are you being cucked because your taxes are paying for other people's kids? And you're like... It's like, <laughs> like when when you just learn a new word and you're like using it all the time because you're like I, I have this check this out I know what this means. The thing that was really silly about it is just like you realize like you think you have this code but like literally like the only people who are using these words are in this movement or like running around on the dregs of 4chan and so like when you use this word in public you're advertising so if you think you're having some kind of like secret meeting group. Not that they were very smart about it. Like, you know, they were just using, like, unencrypted Gmail and stuff and unencrypted chats. And I'm just like, all right, this is starting to get uncomfortable. Like, like even if I wanted to stick around to try and persuade you otherwise, I don't want my name on this. This is, like, this is just something I'm done with. That You've crossed the moral threshold that I, and I'm washing my hands of this. Jeez, I can't really imagine what it would be like to be in that position. I don't think any of my friends have ever turned out to be white supremacists or white chauvinists or anything like that dang (laughs) yeah dang (laughs) i kind of have to wonder though if um if there is interference from outside parties uh or you know other governments or whatever um to try to inflame that it's not because they are actually white supremacists it's it's just in order to mess up America and get us fighting with ourselves. So there's got to be that is also happening with leftists too. Like there's, there's got to be the leftist equivalent of that. And, and the whole like punching Nazis thing, um, is a a really big meme even still. Um, I mean, that gets tricky, you know, (laughs) it's, I mean, yeah, I still think he's a piece of shit, but I, I still don't think you're allowed to just beat the crap out of pieces of shit. Yeah, because now now you're at a point where if you put this person into this particular group, you can now perform acts of violence against that person. Well, how do you know, like, who's in charge of whether that person is? It's not like you're, like, using the court system to suss out the evidence 
to like, well, is this person a Nazi? How do we know they're not? It's just, it leaves the door open and seeing, well, on this occasion, it's okay to use uh, violence. I mean, you can say it's provoked because it's provoked by language, but you're still throwing the first punch, which you've escalated it. I mean, I would say that person is obviously wrong and their views are terrible and he, and, you know, throw shame and derision at him. But like, he thinks he's right. So that's why we have systems in place for trying to figure out. I don't, I don't know. It's tricky. I don't know. But like, like physical violence is just like, like wars happen because someone fires the first shot. I don't feel like we should be escalating like that. Which is, is uh, I think, an unpopular opinion right now for leftists. And I mean, I'm, I'm pretty far, if you want to put me on that spectrum, I would be pretty far left. But I'm uncomfortable with escalating to physical violence, even if what someone is saying is completely morally reprehensible. The second they start acting on that, by all means, like, yeah, okay, interfere, stop that from happening, you know, do what you have to do, but... But I want to go back to where you say, like, governments, like, you know, could, or, like, other outside parties could be, like, somewhat responsible for this, like, kind of white nationalist movement, because it implies that, like, you know, like, like maybe Pineapple Pen is, like, a cold, as far as memes go. But that means there are, like, ultra-memes that are, like, AIDS. Like, memes that can eat you alive inside and change who you are if you let it kind of be part of your day-to-day life. I think we're... I mean, we're still very young in the internet. And I actually had to turn off the Google Now feature, which feeds you news. Because what it does is it, it learns what you read. But I think it's a natural human response to read anything that we pose as a threat. It's like, in the 90s, it used to be, like... It's like, your children might be in danger. Find out tonight at 11. You're just like, fuck you. (laughs) If my children are in danger, tell me right now. (laughs) But it's one of those things that, like, they're trolling you. It was like the the original clickbait. (laughs) And it's effective. Or, like, the more more you, you know, make a certain mental process, the easier it's going to be to do that. So if you have this thing that's, like, constantly, like, triggering your amygdala, And, like, your fear responses and stuff like that. It's just going to get easier and easier and easier to trigger your fear responses. Yeah, and the AI doesn't have your well-being and, like, have your personal well-being at heart at all. It's just, like, its job is to get as many clicks as possible, which means its job is to evolve into a drug. And it became unhealthy. It, like, like I was anxious all the time. I was having nightmares. And it was just from the fucking news. Because it would just feed me every little bad thing in the world, every little potential conflict... North Korea launched another missile. So-and-so did this. Like, we just... I don't think our minds were evolved to handle this kind of scale. No, no. I heard some... I can't can't remember if it was something I read or something I watched or listened to. But um, our brains have kind of evolved to keep track of, like, 50 people tops. Like, we're used to seeing (laughs) maximum, like, 50 people. That's, like, our world. And then there's some, like, other people we might run into every once in a while, but they're, like, the other people, you know? But now it's just everything is on just a global scale, and we're just, like, reading about leaders of millions of people getting into pissing contests and he said she said because it's all you know it our president's like fucking tweeting stuff 
all the time and like half the news anymore is like, oh, the president tweeted again. And you're just like, oh, God, what did he say now? And even people I look up to are getting sucked into it. Like Elon Musk tweeted. He's been tweeting like a dumbass lately. One thing he tweeted recently was like at one of the like one of the rescuers from the Thai cave thing, like criticized his sub. And then he had this weird mustache. And so like, you know, I must call him a pedo. I was just like, dude, oh my God. like classy. Like, then you just watch his like stock dive. I was like, what are you doing? Why are leaders going on Twitter and just like swinging their emotions around? Like, well, because it is a drug. And the more famous you are, like the more you have people telling you how great you are and how great the thing you just said is. And that feels good. You know, that's that's a good that triggers like endorphins and shit. Yeah. So you like want that hit. Yay, Internet. (laughs) I know. Like, I remember being told that the Internet was going to be just this boon for humanity. It's going to be like a great equalizing force and it's going to change the world and it's going to put the power in the hands of the people. Yeah, I can list, like, two things that I'm really excited about now, like Wikipedia and Thingiverse. Like, (laughs) the rest of it I could really do without. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I enjoy Reddit, but I would definitely drop Reddit if I just had more human conversations with people, you know? I mean, I know Instagram is owned by Facebook, but, like, I pivoted to Instagram because it was just, like, photos and you know like oh i want to see your dog and that loaf of bread you baked or the hike you went on and then like every once in a while i'll get someone who just starts like there's just like this huge blurb and it's all political underneath they like post a picture of words i'm like this is a tweet you're on the wrong (laughs) platform just because this is a jpeg doesn't mean that it belongs on instagram (laughs) yeah no and so i've actually just started unfollowing people even i care about them because one of the problems with facebook is it was like people saw it for like a brief period of time as like the definition of friend friendship. Like, why did you unfriend me? I was like, because you post like 20 times a day and half of it's nothing I want to hear. Like, that's why (laughs) I just unfollow people. Like if I just don't want to see them in my newsfeed. And so now my newsfeed is kind of like my actual friend circle where I have like down to like five people that I really want to hang out with. And then other people who I I'll like smile at them and we'll have like, pleasant conversation but i'm not really gonna hear about all their opinions on shit (laughs) so i was just looking at my notes talk with john notes pacific northwest is on fire uh which i've since since learned it's actually british columbia and pacific northwest just just on smoke uh and are you a prepper now parentheses how do you even prepare that was it (laughs) well i realized i can't really be a prepper in a city like, yeah. you can be mildly prepared, but if you're too prepared, everyone who's fucked will notice. <laughs> yeah, I'll like, take your stuff. No, totally. Or they'll just want an equal share right then. It's like, well, better us all live two more days than you live for four months. <laughs> and I, I kind of agree with that. Um, so it almost seems like the correct approach would be to to kind of raise awareness. Um, so something I was thinking about was maybe start out with just like two days or three days. Um, but I'd like to have a week and I want to try and maybe get some of my neighbors behind it. Um, where we just shut off our utilities for a week and see how we deal with it. You're not allowed to go to the grocery store, not allowed to drive your car, not allowed to have power running water. I mean, we'll have to be careful about the whole poop thing, but maybe just put some compost toilets outside for the hell of it. (laughs) 
We'll run that neighborhood outhouse and put it in the church parking lot. <laughs> Charge for it. Uh, how does Crystal feel about this plan? Um, uh, she, I have all kinds of crazy prepper plans. Not that many crazy. I just keep saying that we should build an earth ship and buy some land. I think she's worrying that I'm serious, which I kind of am, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I keep, say, I keep joking about let's move to the woods and learn to live off the land. Ha 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 ha. And uh, I think Christine is like, you, you, you really want to do this, don't you? <laughs> you actually just want to do that. Yeah. And, but the thing is like, I found out if I say it long enough, it makes her start thinking about things. Like the other day she's on Instagram and she's like, you know, you keep saying that you'd want to do this thing, like move to Alaska and do this. And I noticed like, there's a huge demand in my, in the circles that I follow for like hand dyed wool and she's like do you think we could have a bunch of like theoretically have a bunch of alpacas i'm like you could totally have a bunch of alpacas and like spin your own wool and like hand dye it and sell artisan wool for like like great now that would be a source of income and it would be rewarding so like at least she started thinking like she literally saw an opportunity because i pester her all the time about building an earth ship (laughs) (laughs) or like living off grid (laughs) You're like the good 4chan. You're just like slowly throwing these ideas out there. It's like upping the doses slowly. <laughs> Great. Yeah. No. Before we wrap up, um, it's a question that I like to ask at the end, which is uh, assuming there's a relatively fast collapse of civilization as we know it, uh, and you survive this shit hit the fan moment. Uh, what is a product or thing that you were going to miss from the world before? Flower. Flower. Like white flower. <laughs> That's so practical. Oh, I just like enriched white bread is so good. <laughs> You're like maybe we'll have flour, but it's gonna be like milled on a stone. It'll be like whole wheat. Like, you're never going to have, like, Wonder Bread again. Well, not Wonder Bread, but, you know, like, a, a bagel or something. Oh, my God. Yeah. Your answer is by far the most depressing so far. Because Talon said Q-tips. And so it was kind of a joke, and we, like, riffed on Q-tips for a little while. Michael said uh, French fries. So I was like, oh, yeah, I love French fries. Too bad. But you're like, flour. It's well, <laughs> it's so practical. Well, baking is my hobby. So, like, if, if I couldn't get access to, like, high-gluten, like, bread flour, I could never make a batch of bagels again or, like, good pizza or anything like that. It's just... I don't even know how to riff a joke about that. All right, all right let me think of something somber. more specific. <laughs> no, I feel like, I mean, that's a good one. Well, because this whole conversation, like, the last one we talked about, Pokemon conspiracy theories for a good chunk of the time. Oh, I need to listen to this your one's other pretty podcasts. much all just been. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, mine was a little depressing. Um, no, that's fine. I, mean, I like I like the mix. I mean, that was kind of my idea going into this. With the, there would just be like this jarring mixture. Well, and it's a fresh wound. I literally broke up with the D and D group today. I was just like, 
I haven't even heard all of their responses. Some of them might just like never talk to me again, which at this point I'm yeah. kind of okay with if they're going to well, be. Well, I'm glad you way. felt like sharing that though, because that's like that's some real shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. When you told me about that, I was like, "Hold, save it for the podcast." <laughs> like I'm like trying not to sound callous, yeah. but I'm like, "Oh shit!" Thank you for having me on your podcast. Yeah. Thanks for thanks for coming on. All right, man. Good stuff. Uh, hope to talk to you again soon. Wow. I don't know about you, but I could go for some ice cream after that. Next episode should be a little lighter in tone, uh, for the most part. We'll talk with Christine about uh, working in a library, being othered, um, maybe get some french fries. Our opening tracks were Noise to Flange Tag by Small Colin and Proton Beat by Gangi, in that order. Closing track is Whispering Through by Asura. The music we use is under various Creative Commons licenses, so if you like anything you hear, you can find download links in the show notes. I'm Jeremy. This was Now or Never, Episode 3. Hope to see you next time.